right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is the Two Guys Garage podcast. My man Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up today. We're talking, well, we're talking Godzilla. And normally when... You know, Kevin and I are talking Godzilla. Uh, it's, uh, you know, who would win? Godzilla, King Kong, Mantra, you know, cool stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, when we're talking Godzilla, man, it's about that crazy Ford platform that's just, dude, it's stirring everything up. And, man, is it a hell of an answer to that LS platform, huh? Yeah, man, it raises a lot of questions. It raises a lot of opportunity for, you know, what's kind of that next engine swap, right? An LS just swapped the world, right? Everything's got an LS in it. God, yeah. And uh, for anybody who's been in the dark for a while, Ford just came out with their Godzilla platform, 6873 liters. Uh, so it is basically an LS on steroids. We're talking about big cubic inches. So, I mean, you can make huge power just naturally aspirated, and then you start to blow on it a little bit. And wow, the numbers yeah. should just be like falling off a log. It, it, it is amazing because, you know, we've seen way too many, you know, tried and true tests on that LS platform. Uh, it's, it's legit. There's a reason it's in so many applications, but very smart on behalf of Ford. Because let's be honest, albeit an incredible platform, we all love how they've, you know, manipulated the, the valve train in Coyotes now, and you have, you know, overhead cams, and you can eliminate a lot of that. However, it is a tough challenge to get that engine in so many platforms because it's just really wide. It's got a big footprint. So what they did is really answer the call to to not only get something compatible and comparable to the to LS platform, but something that really has an unbelievable opportunity to expand. And I'm talking aftermarket, not just blowers, but heads, camshafts, valve trains. As you see this engine develop and watch the thing unfold, it's already making big numbers on on stock rotating assemblies and stock, you know, components imagine what this thing is going to do when you start really leaning on it and leaning in, into it with aftermarket support with blowers uh with everything that's out there yeah and we've had brian wolf on he was one of the big cheeses at ford uh before he retired 
that was really influential on making that, that engine happen, right? And getting the bones and the architecture in there, because he's a performance guy. You know, you go back and uh, check out some of our old podcasts. Brian Wolf has been kind of one of the, the old 5-liter, the old 5.0 Mustang, Fox body, drag race kind of forefront guys. Uh, so he's got drag racing. He's got racing and all flavors in his blood. And he tried to bake in uh, all those kind of goodies, thinking about what this Godzilla platform could do outside of a stock F-150 or F-250, <laughs> whatever. Um, so, you know, we've had him on just talking about engine development, but we want to talk to, you know, a buddy of mine, Doug DeLong from Well Sorted. Uh, he's been out there actually being on the forefront of installation and different applications because that's what we really care about is not buying a brand new truck with the, with the engine in it, but picking right, one up right. out of a salvage yard or from Ford Performance or whatever else and stuffing it in something else and making it ultra cool. Yeah, man. I mean, you think about the cubic inch possibility alone, and that gets a lot of people excited, a lot of people happy. You add on top of it all the aftermarket support in the form of, you know, blowers, twin screw, you know, hair dryers, turbos, nitrous. Uh, <laughs> and all of a sudden, man, dude, things could get real fun real quick with this particular platform. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to pick his brain about that, about where the potential is. And I'm not really going to see a resurgence in Fox Body Mustangs again with this Godzilla platform on the racetrack, am I? Ugh. We lived that nightmare so many years in a row, um, but I, I got a feeling it's coming back. Ah, uh, it's coming back. All right, it is uh, the Two Guys Garage podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. We'll catch up after the break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie P. We have our friend Doug DeLong joining our podcast today, talking all things Godzilla. And you know, it's just a matter of time before those blue oval boys came up with something that would hang with that Gen 3 Hemi and that LS. Yep, they they finally did That's it. That's right. <laughs> you got an LS? We got an LS with more cubic inches. Uh, Doug, you got to love that old school sort of well, mine's bigger. I win, <laughs> kind of thing, right? <laughs> uh, What's the old phrase? There's no replacement for displacement. Yeah, it's prominent with this thing, man. Now, obviously, being on the sideline, hearing about this thing, rumors about this thing, when you first got your hands on it, were able to pick it apart a little bit. What was big surprises in your world? What was um, big kind of like uh, improvements that you thought Ford had taken uh, really with this platform? And where do you think it's going in the aftermarket world? Well, you know, I, I saw the headlines when the motor got launched in the 
250 pickup trucks. And then not too long after when Ford came out and said, Hey, we're going to put this as a crate motor. And it was like, huh, that's pretty cool looking. Um, started reading the articles <laughs> and seeing the pictures and my brain immediately started worrying because, you know, most of what we're doing is classic trucks. And uh, I built a bunch of Toyotas, built a bunch of LS powered Toyotas and done things like that. But I'm also sort of a Ford guy at heart and I wanted a Bronco and, you know, I saw that motor and I was like, all right, now's the time. Let's get on the bandwagon because, you know, fundamentally it's a truck engine, right? It's got big displacement. It's got tons of torque. It is what you want to, you know, pull a five, 6,000 pound truck down the road. And so I was like, hey, man, we got to try one of these. So I, I found myself a Bronco, went out, got a motor, brought it in the shop, set it on the floor next to the Bronco and started figuring out what it's going to take because it looked looked like it was going to be a lot of fun. Right, right. Now, when you say you went and got a Bronco, what year specifically, um, what kind of shape was it in? Uh, tell us a little bit about how you started marrying these two together. <laughs> so I like the Gen 2s. The, the first full-size Bronco was in 1978, and 78-79 is kind of a rare little run where it's a full-size Bronco. Yeah, It still has kind of square headlight, classic denside Ford look. Uh, it's got a solid front axle instead of the twin tube beam stuff. So it's it's a neat little short run of trucks. So I found one. Actually, I was living in Buena Vista in Colorado, a little town, and a guy had one, a college kid, you know, needed to sell it, make some money. So I snagged it out of his hands. And uh, it's it's still in process because, you know, when you own a shop, you rarely get to work on your own stuff. So Amen. <laughs> Amen. still working on it. We all know that. But, uh, but yeah, so it's going to have Godzilla. It's going to have, you know, a bunch of axle upgrades and suspension and lift and big tires and all the fun stuff. Um, so it'll be pretty sweet when it's, whenever I get it finished. So dimensionally, like, we're all pretty familiar with an LS by now because we've seen them in everything down to something as, as tiny as a Miata. Um, you know, dimensionally, you know, for anybody who hasn't put their eyes on or their hands on one, how does it stack up to an LS? Width-wise, height-wise? Yeah, so I, I had some LSs around, and I kind of pulled tape, and then you can find dimensions on the Internet now, exact measurements. But fundamentally, what I tell folks is it's a little bit wider because it's got a tall deck height as a long-stroke motor. Um, it's a little bit taller because it has a tall intake built for trucks and torque, and it's got a deep oil pan. So you've kind of got maybe an inch to two inches in kind of all directions. Um, it's got the exhaust manifolds stick out a little bit further than like a block hugger style, but I think that's a problem that's going to be solved by the aftermarket in time here. And um, intakes are starting to come out, so there's a lot of options now to kind of squeeze the thing down and I mean, I'm sure maybe you guys want to talk about it, but the Fox body guys are all after this thing, trying to get it under the hood of Fox Mustangs and make it yeah, all fit. Man. <laughs> they're, they're, they're pretty tight compared to a big old truck. You know, it's, it's a lot easier in my world. Um, all right. So when you saw it, it started peeling a couple layers apart. What about this engine was a big surprise to you? What was pretty expected uh, when you started dissecting, uh, you know, this this what they're calling, you know, their their next big platform, something they really they got a lot of heart and soul into it. It's one of the last few ICE engines they're they're ever coming out with. What was your overall feel of the design, the architecture, and potential of, of this particular platform? I think it's a pretty neat engine. So when you look at it and you start to pick apart the subsystems, you'll see I think that's just a culmination of it, a lot of lessons learned. Um Maybe the surprise was, frankly, kind of how easy it all came together. The, uh, you know, it's brand new engine on the stage, right? There's no aftermarket support. Everything's kind of got to be figured out. But it, frankly, wasn't too bad to start to put the puzzle pieces together and go, how am I going to get this thing in a truck with the transmission and all that? So Ford kind of, I think, 
you know, like everybody does, you take the things you see in your competitors, you take the things you learn on your own design and you apply all that knowledge and you make an engine that has a good oiling system, good breathing heads. It's got good flow and exhaust. It's got, you know, good intake designed for a truck with all that torque. It's, it's kind of just got all your boxes checked. So it's an awesome foundation. And then, um, you know, some of the simple things like it bolts right up to the automatic transmissions that bolt to the modular engine. So you immediately oh, have all kinds of transmission choices you can put right behind it. So the uh, the nice. old mods of four sixes uh, all the way through the wow yeah wow. so the the common choice right now is the six speed the six R eighty um, you can also put the ten R eighty the ten R one forty the six R one forty all those transmissions that were in kind of basically all the twenty ten and up pickup trucks up until now all that stuff bolts right up to it anything unique with like flex plates and torque converters and all that stuff I mean There's, the bell housings bolt but is the internal stuff connect as well yeah the flex plate has worked on everything um the starter position is a little different and you have to have the right starter and the right spacer plate depending on which transmission you're using so you need to match your starter and your spacer to your trans but the flex plate's been the same on all of them the torque converters all work the patterns are all the same everything just goes right together Hmm. nice Uh, all right so we've got an engine and we've got several transmissions to choose from um, but from there, you know, what I, what I imagine would be challenging with the Godzilla, you know, when the LS came out, it was in so many different platforms, you know, from the Pontiacs to the GM Chevrolets, you know, you name it, Corvettes, Camaros, uh, Cadillacs, it was everywhere. And if you think about it, it was already in vehicles. And so the aftermarket could jump in and start making intake manifolds and coils and you name it. And it just kind of worked their way down until they pretty much can make the entire engine without GM. Uh, but this engine, it's only in the Super Duties. Uh, so to get it in any sort of other vehicle, you have to swap it. Um, right? So it just seems like it's less prevalent of a vehicle, less opportunity if you're going to, let's say, do cams. Uh, right? There's not 5 million vehicles out there that you could potentially sell cams for. It's only going to be the, the narrow kind of market where the people are doing the swaps. Right. So I'm just wondering, you know, how that snowball is happening. If the big snowball is going to end up at the end or if it's going to be kind of a small snowball with kind of niche in certain areas. Uh, but we've got engine and trans. So what else is the challenge there to start getting it in something else? Yeah. So in my world, in the trucks, it hasn't been too bad because... The intake manifold in the Super Duties is unique. It's tall with long runners, and the throttle body sort of points upward at like a 30-degree angle. Um, we make that work under most of the truck hoods with just an elbow on it, and it's no problem. The car guys have needed lower intakes. So uh, there's a couple people out there, like Brian Tooley Racing came out pretty early with a full billet CNC intake, and, uh, you know, it's really nice. It's obviously quite expensive. And you hope that maybe somebody like Holly is going to come out in the future with a plastic version that's a little more cost effective for guys, right? Because it's like a, I think it's $6,000 intake, which is out of the reach of a lot of guys. Right. Um, Ford Performance just released, basically it's a, it's a medium height intake, I'll call it. It's a little lower than the truck intake and it has a forward facing throttle body. And uh, so that gets away from the hood clearance issues for some of the car guys. And frankly, even some of the trucks we build, we may run that intake. So that's a biggie. And that, you know, it took a couple of years to get that out and Ford has, you know, released it and shown it, but finally got it on the uh, website, I think a month ago. So, you know, that was a big step forward. And, and as I said earlier, if, if we get somebody like Holly or somebody else on board to make a couple plastic intakes, it'll be better. The market is kind of growing, I would say steadily. 
It's not super fast, but every few months, some new good parts come out. Holly did just release a front accessory drive system for it that has like a yeah, hot AC. So you yep. get some options now to you know fit it in a tight car or narrow frame rails. Um, what else is key? Oil pans are a biggie. So we run the stock oil pan. It works in our lifted trucks. But the oil pan is deep. It's got the filter on one side. It's got the oil cooler on the other. So a lot of guys uh, need a little better clearance. And they're running, uh, I think, 417 Motorsports has a, a kind of a low clearance uh, wet pan. And then I think Brian Wolf, through his company, Willis Performance, is selling a dry sump pan for it as well. So you can, uh, you know, if you're building a race car, you're building a hot street car, you can look at some of those options. So how's that wet sump pan? Because I haven't seen the internals for quite a long time. So I'm pretty pretty fuzzy on, uh, isn't there a, basically a, a drive shaft for the oil pump? I haven't looked into the details of that pan. They have a remote filter mount um, on the side. So I think what they've done is kept the drive shaft, kept the oil pump, but you know, package the filter somewhere else and taken the cooler off the other side. So the thing is a little bit narrower and then they just kind of shrank the height on it so they can uh, fit it in a low clearance car, you know, closer to the ground. Cause most of the, uh, most of the modern engines kind of went to a G rotor mm-hmm. off the crankshaft, right? So it gets it out of the pan, right? We think about the old distributors that would drive, yeah. you know, an oil pump down in the pan, right? But that's it. That's the one Gnorp that's down there taking up space other than holding oil. Uh, I believe this one runs maybe a chain or a belt down to a shaft that goes back to um, to a pump. Um, and the, the reason typically is uh, you're, you're forced, because of the crank nose diameter, to grow the G-rotor out to be a certain, you know, diameter outside of that crank nose. And it just creates a lot more uh, surface speeds and friction and drag. So I, I think Ford kind of put it internally with a drive to uh, improve the efficiency of the pump. But again, I haven't been in that loop for quite a while. And I, I assume that that might be a pretty tough challenge for, you know, cross members and steering linkages and stuff for certain applications. Yeah, I think um, specifically for the Fox guys, they wanted a rear sump pan with fairly low clearance. So they kind of came up with that as the middle ground to not have to go full dry sump. And, uh, you know, there's been indie power products makes a pretty nice front end kit that redoes the whole thing. You take the water pump housing off, it all changes and they integrate a bunch of this stuff. Um, again, it's all CNC billet. It's really nice stuff. It's not the cheapest stuff. So for the DIY guy, it's maybe not the best choice, but um, there's a couple options out there now between those pans and, and that stock pan isn't bad, you know, for any sort of truck application, it seems fine. It's just going to be some of the cars where it gets a little tight to fit that thing in. Yeah, I'd like to see some of the Fox bodies and see what, what yeah, they've yeah. done to fit it in into that application. Because, you know, you figure if you fit it into a Fox body, you're kind of on the way to fitting in a lot of stuff. But. Yeah, I, from what I understand, it's tubular K-member required. So they're, they're dropping mm. the factory K-member, running tubular K-members to, uh, to get the thing in there and then combining it with that pan. And it seems to work out. Ooh, that'd be something else, man. Shed about 80 pounds probably in, the, in doing so and picking up a lot more cubic inches and... Ooh, something yeah. I think probably gonna light that market on fire. So, all right, look, we gotta take a quick break. Uh, more with Doug in just a minute for you Ford fanatics out there. Hang in there. It's Kevin Bird, Willie B. We're back in just a second. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage 
all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It is the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up. We have our buddy Doug on today. And Doug's been making moves, y'all. So we've been talking, obviously, a lot about the Godzilla. Now, if you're not aware of the Godzilla, it's this little thing Ford came out with. Shouldn't be anything really big to deal with. <laughs> um, actually, this thing, this thing is going to be wild, man. It is going to be a big splash because we're seeing so many people, companies, businesses excited about this. Um, and I got to see, man, Doug, you know, you made a big move in your life recently from out of here in, in Colorado all the way to Hotlanta, baby. Um, and that, that shows you a little bit as to uh, your expectation of, of the car industry, trucks, and what, what's going on there. Um, man, you, uh, you're finding a big home there in the Atlanta market for, for this particular platform? Well, so we build trucks for guys all over the country. So I am somewhat lucky that I can kind of live wherever I want because um, my customers are coming from, you know, everywhere from Miami out to uh, L.A. right now. So we, uh, yeah, we have fun. We're, we made the big move in January, you know, moving the shop cross country is a giant uh, amount of work, but it, it's gone well. We've got reset up here, new building, new people, and um, kind of rolling again, building a bunch of trucks right now, a bunch of these Ford trucks. We, uh, we thought we would maybe move to Denver, but Atlanta won out because of uh, families here. And, you know, if you've been here, this is a great car town. Like the car culture here is awesome. Has one of the biggest cars and coffees in the country, if not maybe the biggest. Um, there's a bunch of really good, you know, high performance shops. There's a bunch of race teams based out of here because of the road Atlanta tracks right up the road. And, uh, you know, you got TV personalities like Finnegan and Fuller's here. And, you know, so it's just a really kind of a cool car town. And, you know, no offense, Kev, I think the weather is better than Detroit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think weather just about anywhere is better than Detroit. Almost. <laughs> so everything's been rolling good. You, you uh able to pull your clients because they're they're all over anyway. You pull your clients with you. You, yeah. you find a new, uh, new talent there because uh, you got a bigger pool to work with than kind of up in the mountains in Colorado. So that's got to be good. Yeah, that was one of the challenges. You know, I loved where we lived. It was a tiny little town in God's country, but it's hard to get people out there and um, even like suppliers, right? So I had to drive to Denver often to get, you know, powder coating done, blading done, machine shops, custom things. And, you know, it's three hours out to Denver, three hours back home, and that kills your day, right? So when you're trying to do this sort of really specialty work, you need a really good network of suppliers and, you know, spending that kind of time on the road just wasn't really effective for what we were trying to do. So I knew I had to get to some sort of large metro area where I could tap into all those resources. Well, I, I know this hurts, man, because I was just up in the area where you left and got everywhere I turned around. There was a cool looking scout laying in some dude's backyard or an old FJ. And man, Colorado was rich in those old project trucks. Uh, and definitely somebody could do themselves a lot of justice, probably swinging in and snatching a bunch of those things up. But that's probably... Sh- you know, it's probably these little secrets that we're telling now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, is is Atlanta area a hot spot for for trucks like you would expect? Uh, you know, something like like you left, like Colorado. It's is probably just as big, if not bigger, probably right. Yeah, it's bigger in a different way. So you know, Colorado is all right? about kind of the big outdoor camping overlanding scene, right? So you see a ton of like Toyotas and stuff built out. Here, it's, it's a little more the American, you know, Ford and Chevy stuff and a little less of that overlanding. And I mean, there's some big mud trucks, of course, 
But um, there's a lot of, you know, guys that are just sort of into lifted classic Fords and classic Chevys. And then there's all the young kids have the modern stuff with, you know, the 24-inch wheels and the, the lights oh, yeah, rims and all that stuff's going on. Yeah, baby, the pavement prints. I got lights all over my drums, <laughs> my, my wheels. I got it on everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, straight up, man. It's like a big-ass rolling 4 by 4 disco ball. Uh, but, dude, they're writing checks, man. And, God, it's amazing to see some of these trucks. It's like that thing has never seen uh, an ounce of dirt. But, wow, it sure is crazy built. Uh, insanely painted up, lighted up, and, and it must take a lot to clean it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so do you think that, that exploding truck market that you've been such a part of, you think it's going to continue? Because, you know, you see a lot of square bodies becoming more and more popular. You see a lot of, you know, the, you mentioned the, the 78 Bronco. You know, they did build that one that for a couple years. But even on down the food chain a little bit into the the 80s and the full size like you know oj bronco even those are starting to command a lot of money and a big swing in price and demand in those respected applications you know yeah absolutely so the last truck we just finished was a 96 bronco oj style um, this one was kind of a teal color so not not exactly oj but we did a godzilla in that one and the owner loves that truck. He's been wheeling it for a long time with its old 302. So it's a, it's a whole new lease on life with a Godzilla under the hood. But yeah, those trucks, are, yeah. they're getting super popular. I've got lots of inquiries from guys with that generation of Bronco that want us to do the work. I just bought one, um, a pickup. So I bought a crew cab short bed, 1997. It's got the 460 big block, but I'm going to yank that out and stuff a Godzilla in it. It's kind of our shop truck and you know run around for hauling and towing and things like that. And I get compliments on it all the time. You drive around town and people are like, man, that's really cool. My dad had mm-hmm. one like that. You know, they're, they're becoming the next gen of classic truck. Isn't that crazy? Like, shut up. It's just a 96, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that old. So, Doug, what are, what are the, uh, the Godzilla's making from the factory? And then what's kind of an easy couple of throwing parts at it, kind of power and torque numbers? And then you can do the supercharger, of course. Yeah, oh. so... Uh, I don't remember the exact factory rating, but it's around 440 horse and 440 torque. And so like when we build them, um, the control system we're using is from a guy up in Detroit. It's OBR control systems. He does his own calibration. He's a little more aggressive. He tells me at the crank, they're probably 480. And, uh, you know, we're running free flowing exhaust, three inch most of the way back, you know, so we're probably up bumping up on 500 at the crank. And, you know, that's pretty much a bone stock motor that starts, runs and drives just like bone stock. Now, there's, uh, there's a couple options for cams out there now, which put them around 600, low 600s. And uh, Mass Motorsports, I think, has maybe three options for cams now. Dude, a cam, a cam gets you in the 600 range. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, like that's... so easy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, Will and I joke all the time, you know, the... Today, it's like a thousand's the new 400 or whatever. Yeah. You know, like back in the day, 400 was a big number. Now it's like, whatever, you got a thousand, big deal. Um, you know, but still, literally, especially for trucks, you know what I mean? Like, dude, how can you balk at an easy cam swap making close to yeah. 600? You know, you really don't need anything more than that, <laughs> you know? like, And then, yep. of course, that's the starting point. Yeah, we've got, um, we've got a truck going together that's... Uh, 72 Ford F250, so kind of the old denser uh, bump side Ford truck, and we're putting together a supercharger Godzilla. So we've got a Harup supercharger going on top, 
Hmm. And this guy was like, you know, it, it's just for fun. It's just for street. I don't do anything crazy, but you know, we're going to make 700, 750. It's going on the dyno in about two weeks, I hope. So, uh, so we'll get some numbers then, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty much a bone stock motor, slap a blower on it and you're making mid sevens. Well, I imagine they can do a lot more if you really, you know, huff on them, you yeah, know, that much displacement, a, that's an easy 700, you know? Yep. There's a, there's a couple dyno sheets from Harrop that show them pushing eight, nine horsepower. As long as you got, you know, you can put some good pistons, some good rods in it. You're going to start working on it hard, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's not hard to tickle, you know, those upper hundreds and I'm sure, you know, there's plenty of race guys making over a thousand with it. And, uh, even some street guys probably would be able to do it without too much work. So how popular is this thing going to be, man? Price point, uh, obviously not the mass production thing that an LS platform has, has become, but where do you see this thing kind of falling out at it, it? There's so many people into resto mods nowadays. I feel like that is still an exploding outward trajectory. Uh, and it's becoming more and more popular. Uh, I think there's a, a definite home for this engine out there. Um, how long before it's to scale of, you know, LS or Gen 3 Hemi stuff? Well, I can tell you just from my experiences, my phone and my inbox are full. The uh, <laughs> the wait time is a little bit fuzzy because I never know quite how long it's going to take to build these things. But I'm telling people it's at least a year before I could take on any new project because I got like six in the queue and lots going on. And I'm like, just overwhelmed almost every day I get inquiries. And, uh, you know, we're not the cheapest shop around and it's an expensive swap with a lot of expensive parts, but the, the guys that I tell, you know, I'm like, I don't know, you want to do a resto mod, you know, you want to do a powertrain conversion. We're going to go 75 K to hundred K and more depends on what we're doing. And most are like, yeah, where do I send the deposit? <laughs> <laughs> I want to be that guy. <laughs> there yeah. you go. So, uh, so the demand is huge. Um, I think the parts supply, like I said earlier, is just kind of growing every month and making it easier. So more and more of the DIY guys are getting out there and that's really going to blow it up too, right? Because when you, the guys that are reasonably competent in the garage can put one together, then you really start to see them on the streets everywhere. Yeah. And that's what we need is just those couple extra pieces. And it sounds like the truck part, uh, the truck side of things is fairly straightforward. Now you've been working on different, um, kind of off-road, four-wheel drive specific parts and things like that, Doug? Yeah, a little bit. So on the truck side, we have, you know, you got to, your transmission choices I mentioned earlier are pretty good. They're all modern, you know, kind of Ford automatics. Uh, we have a, a couple tricks we built with manual five speeds. We bought a Tremec NV, or excuse me, TR4050. So it's kind of a new five-speed Tremec release for the truck guys. And then hanging off the back of the trans, you got to have a transfer case solution. So I've been working... We use, um, we take an adapter from Advanced Adapter and we make our own modifications to it so we can put like NP205s behind these things, which is the factory mm -hmm. transfer case. So we're kind of doing that to solve that problem. Uh, a couple guys have run the Atlas transfer case, which is like the really nice professional level uh, aftermarket transfer case, and that'll bolt up with some adapters as well. So, you know, that stuff's all pretty much coming together. The, um, the bell housing solution was nice. We got that one in for the Tremex and that really opened that market up to manual trans four wheel drive guys. But uh, yeah, we're kind of figuring out the recipes. We're trying to give guys like I'm doing installation parts. So I make motor mounts. We're doing transmission mounts and adapters. Nice. Uh, I'm doing some of like the plumbing and the air inlet stuff that they need. Um, simple things like brackets for the ECU, you know, just so they can, a lot of guys that can't weld, you know, that's a big hurdle, right? They want to be able to buy a bracket they can bolt in and not have to weld something in. 
right, right. Well, where do people find the where do people find all this hardware you're you're making it's all on our website wellsorted.com it's growing uh, i just got a bunch of stuff from the powder coater today i got to take some pictures and upload and you know so it'll be evolving over the next couple weeks month but you said wellsorted.com yeah that's it we're uh, wellsorted.com there's a tab on there to shop and you can go see all of our kind of install parts that we're putting out there it's mostly the broncos right now 78 79 bronco and f-series truck because uh, that's what we've been doing the most of but uh, we're slowly growing beyond that as we get into more platforms all right last man do you, do you think this for so long for so many years every person you ran into when it came to an old ford truck was like oh what you need to do is put put an old diesel engine in it and they were doing diesel swaps on everything because it's the only thing that made decent power you think this yep. this particular godzilla platform is going to replace those old guys in there put a diesel in it answer oh just, just put <laughs> damn diesel in it just power stroke that thing yeah i was gonna say the power stroke army is alive and well and, and they love those things and i love diesel trucks too so nothing against it um i think this gives you a viable alternative right because the the 460 wasn't a bad motor, but it just, you know, you would never pass a gas station. And it made a couple hundred horse. You could tune it up a little more. But, I mean, Godzilla, you're talking 500 out of the box. It's not even working. So now you got big power. With the modern trans, the fuel efficiency is pretty good. You got a real competitor now to the power stroke in terms of the performance of the truck. Man, I'd say, you know, if you can get that DIY kind of parts list, so you're not buying a billet intake and that sort of stuff, you can get kind of like regular bolt-on cost parts. Man, you know, you can't beat a diesel, except when it comes to price, <laughs> you know? So if you can get the, the bolt-on parts for that Godzilla, man, is that, to me, that just seems like the truck ticket, Hold you know? On, yeah. When you don't want to buy yep. two tickets and get the diesel, you buy the one and get the gas engine and, man, five, 600 horsepower, a ton of torque, that, that moves some stuff, man. The truck and most of whatever you want behind you. Well, look, man, speaking of moving stuff, we got to move it on uh, and wrap this thing up. Where do people find you socially? Where do people keep in touch with you, what you're doing, what you're building, and some of this crazy stuff you got going on? Yeah, the best way is probably um, Instagram. We're under Well Sorted Automotive. Uh, I have a YouTube channel under Well Sorted that we publish some little videos about the trucks we're building. So like our latest 96 Broncos got some feature builds up there in it. I'm a dorky engineer, so I tend to show people kind of the hows and the whys. So it's a little more around the uh, how we do it and maybe a little less entertaining, but uh, <laughs> give it a look. And then our website, as I mentioned, wellsorted.com. You can hit us up there. We've got, you know, contact buttons in our little shopping section and um, just kind of all of our builds are covered there with pictures and info and things like that. There you go, man. Always a good solution. Uh, and as always, uh, just awesome to catch up with you. Um, happy and stoked for you and the family that – it's moving uh, well there in Atlanta for you. And uh, again, as always, thanks for your time, man. It's greatly appreciated. Uh, always cool to hear and pick your brain on what you're, what you're doing. <laughs> no problem, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Uh, don't forget our show every weekend on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. It's also available on Motor Trend Plus, which is their streaming format. Easy way to find us there. Thanks for our guest, Doug DeLong. Uh, really cool stuff they're doing there. Our producer, Scoop, executive producer, Bob Ecker. He's Kevin Bird, and I'm Willie B for the Two Guys Garage podcast. Yeah, don't forget to check out our website, too, twoguysgarage.com. Share your thoughts with us. We're on social everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. Now, this Two Guys Garage podcast, it's copyrighted, 2023, Brenton Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. Man, I can't wait to hook up and get a ride in one of these uh, Godzilla rides there, Dougie. I can't wait to line up and smash one in a, in a Fox Body Mustang. <laughs> yeah. 
You got to build one of those too. You got to have an assortment. I was going to say, you know, one of my first cars was a Fox body. So I'm threatening I'm going to do it one of these years. Got to buy another 96. Swap it. What's that? Yeah. Was that a 96? What was that? No, my first car was an 87 GT 50. Oh, the one you had up here in Detroit though. What was that one? That was a 94. That was a 94. Yeah. 94. Yeah. Yeah. I got to build a Godzilla car. Now that I live where it doesn't snow. (laughs) (laughs) Right on, right on. Well, Dougie, thanks for, thanks for coming on the show with this man, giving us the skinny. I can't wait to see what happens with Godzilla. I know it's big with some of the racers. It's big with the trucks. Let's see how far it can go. Yeah, man. Thank you. All right, guys. Hope you learned something. You know where to go. Doug's got your answers. Uh, Catch you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.